I'd like for you to take God's word with me, please, and open to the gospel according to Matthew this evening. Matthew chapter 9 is where we'll be in this evening. It is a blessing and a privilege to be able to be here and uh, share the word of God with you. And um, I'm thankful that the Lord has given to us his word in our own language, that we can read it and understand it and study it. We can hear what he has to say. My prayer tonight, to echo the pastor, is that the Lord would send forth more laborers into his harvest. I don't want to get ahead of the message. But as we enter into this pastor's scripture and as, we, as we're coming to hear from the Lord, I would ask that every single one of us in this room would pray and ask the Lord to speak to your heart. Because I believe with all my heart that God is trying to raise up more laborers. And I believe He's trying to stir His people more than ever before in the day and hour in which we're living. We are living on the cusp of eternity. I believe that. And um, we have all of eternity to celebrate our victories but just one short hour before sunset to win them. May the Lord help us. Awaken our eyes. I'd like to ask you to pray for me. The Lord help me. Strengthen and fill me with ice with his spirit use his words to speak to our hearts and we trust he will in Matthew chapter 9 if you have it there in verse number 35 the word of God says and Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. If you're in the habit of marking things in your copy of God's word, I'd like to encourage you to pay attention to a certain name of our Lord. This is a name that's not often used or referred to. It's the name found in verse number 38. The Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. The Lord's help this evening. I'd like to bring a message with that thought entitled, The Lord of the harvest. Would you pray with me? Lord, we have no doubt that thou art at work this evening. Lord, that you are trying to get our attention. Lord, I pray that for the next few minutes of time, that, Lord, you would remove every distraction. But, Lord, that you would quiet our hearts and that you would help us to hear from heaven. Lord, I pray that you would remove me from the equation, Lord, that you would fill me with thy spirit and that the Holy Spirit would speak through Thy word to our hearts. Lord, I ask you to speak to me. Lord, I need it. Lord, we're thankful so much that you've given us the freedom to be able to be here this evening. Lord, it truly is such a blessing. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you so much for this tent that you've given to us to protect us from the rain and offer us shelter. Lord, thank you so much that we have the technology to be able to amplify uh, a person's voice uh, we can hear it easily, Lord. Don't have to strain our voice. We thank you for the freedom that we have to be able to gather underneath the preaching of thy word and don't have to fear invasion. 
from the enemy. But we thank you so much that we have the word of God in our own language, that we don't have to sit underneath a, a language that, or a tongue that we don't understand, but Lord, we can hear your word spoken to our hearts. And Lord, we just pray now that you would do something that Lord, we ask that you would do what no man can do. Lord, that you would help us to purpose in our hearts to say yes to thee. We'll thank you for it. But we love thee. We give you all the praise for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. It's a very interesting thing that's going on in the country from which I'm from, the United States. And some of you might be acquainted with it. Uh, others of you might not. But there, in, ever since the COVID-19 pandemic, there has been something quite remarkable in which people are leaving their jobs at an alarming rate. In fact, reading an article in 2021, speaking, or just this year, but speaking about the year 2021, spoke about how over 47 million people voluntarily quit their jobs. Now think of that just for a moment. Now whenever you go to a place in the United States and there's a, uh, you, you attend a cafe or some restaurant or uh, go to uh, shopping for groceries, you find that it takes twice as long because there are people that cannot help you because everyone is stretched to their limits. They, they, there's, there's not enough workers to get around. And everywhere you see signs of help wanted and labor is needed and uh, now hiring. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the need uh, is just an abundance. There's, there's an, a plethora of work, the lack of workers. And I wonder tonight if the Lord would open our eyes, we could see the world as he sees it. We would see that there would be signs posted all across this world of laborers wanted and now hiring and places in like China or in the Netherlands or in South America where laborers are needed. And we know obviously in this great land, the United Kingdom, there's laborers that are needed, but I can't help but think that there is places still around this world that God desires to send forth laborers into his harvest. As we think about this passage of scripture, the Lord is at work. And in verse number 38, again, the Bible says, Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. We understand whenever the Lord is speaking about his harvest here, he's speaking about the harvest of souls. He's not speaking about a literal harvest, although he compares it to that. In his parables, he said, the field is the world. Speaking about the souls of men coming to know Christ the Savior, rescuing the perishing before it's too late. And he says here that where the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I will confess, being a missionary, that it's very easy to get discouraged because we look at the harvest field. We see the great need for the gospel around the world. We begin to think of uh, there's so much work to be done. But friends, I want to encourage you tonight we must not get our must not get lost in merely the need. We must again fix our eyes upon the Lord of the harvest. When we set our eyes upon the Lord, it is He that will convince us and He that will move us to go into this harvest field. I'm convinced of it. Oh, and may the Lord help us to again fix our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ and who He is and what He's done for our souls. 
As the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us. Oh, the reason that we rescue the perishing, the reason that we go, yes, is because there's a need, but there's an even greater motivation. When no one wants to hear the message, whenever it seems like all hope is lost, what will keep you going? Friend, it's not just because there's a need, but because there's a Savior that is seeking the lost. May God help us get our eyes back on Him, what He's doing in this world. If you'll hold your finger there in the Gospel according to Matthew, and turn now with me to the end of Mark, end of the Gospel according to Mark, chapter number 16. Matthew chapter 16, the Lord gives the Great Commission passage, very familiar for most of us. Verse number 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That still applies today, doesn't it? <laughs> There's not a wrong person you can give the gospel to. You preach the gospel to every creature. I'd like you to look down now, if you would, verse number 19, verse number 20 at the end of this gospel record. The Bible says, So then after the Lord is spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. It's interesting here that although the Lord in his resurrected body had ascended up into heaven, he was still working with his disciples. Now, if you'll turn over to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 1. The Word of God says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. He didn't stop. He's, he began, but he's continuing. Verse number 2, Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. The Lord is at work. He's at work in our day and age. And he's working through the Holy Spirit. But the question this evening is not a matter of if the Lord is at work, but are we working with him? Back in our text in Matthew chapter 9, we find again the Lord Jesus Christ, he's working. He's working. There's a few things I'd like for us to notice in this passage of Scripture this evening with the Lord's help about the Lord of the harvest. And the first is just that, the, the work of the Lord. In verse number 35, the word of God says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Here we find the Lord Jesus Christ ardently at work. He's at work. We won't take the time to read it this evening. But in Matthew chapter 4, at the end of that uh, chapter there, we find a very similar verse where the Bible says that Jesus went about all Galilee. And he was teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel almost word for word. And he was doing this work. And the Lord is at work today. He's at work reaching people for himself. Notice, if you would again, in verse number 35, it says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages. I'm thankful that there's no place to stop with the Lord. Notice, if you would again, he went all the cities and villages. That There was no place that was too big for the Lord, and there was no place too small for him. And sometimes we like to think that, well, if we just go to the places that have the most people, or if we, we go to strategically, we, we try to formulate our own plan to, to get the gospel out to the most people, 
We come up with a man-centered viewpoint. We think we can get more work done. But friends, God's way is higher than our ways. And Christ understands that the, the smallest village, the smallest home development, the, 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 the most neglected area of town, the, dang, the most dangerous corners of the world, Christ is concerned about. And he went about all the cities and villages. He was faithful. It was a universal work that he did. But notice at the end here, not only was his work universal, but also it was, it was personal. It was humble. At the end of this verse, it says that he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. I'm thankful that the Lord worked amongst his people. He didn't, he didn't just stand, in a sense, behind a, a, a large pulpit and, and preach and say that people needed him, but he came to where people were. And, and the Word of God still says that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But yes, I'm thankful that we have gospel meetings and we invite people and come in. And we're grateful for those that come in and hear the teaching and preaching of the Word of God, but we are to go out with the gospel. We're to go into the highways and hedges to compel them or we're to share the good news of Christ with those that are around us. We're to go. Christ was going about. <laughs> I, love, I love that phrase that he went about. You know, the devil, uh, the word of God speaks about how he, he, he's walking about, his roaring line. But aren't you thankful the Lord is also going about, <laughs> working, and he's greater. He's greater. But what is the Lord doing? What is this work comprised of? Well, it explains it here in in the Word of God, it says that he was teaching in their synagogues. The work of Christ is still a, a work of instruction of the way of the Lord. We teach people the Word of God. We understand that we're not just trying to give people our opinion of who God is, but what God declares himself to be from his Word. We teach them in the way of the Lord. It involves discipleship. It involves sharing the gospel. Not only was it a teaching ministry, but also it says in preaching the gospel and the kingdom. Think of this. The Lord Jesus Christ went about into the city centers and preached the gospel. <laughs> That's what the Lord did. He was sharing the gospel. And folks, as we think about the work of the Lord, we're in this meeting about world evangelism and reaching the world with the gospel. Dr. Lee Robertson said either the gospel has lost its power or just not giving it anymore. I think we know the answer to that question. The gospel is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. Let me ask you a question this evening. Do you believe that the gospel still works? In Matthew 13, verse number 58, uh, 58 when the Lord returned to Nazareth, he, he wanted to do a work. That's where he grew up. He wanted to work amongst his people. But one of the saddest verses in all the scriptures found in verse number 58, and it says, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. I'm thankful tonight that our unbelief cannot stop God, that he does overrule, but our unbelief hinders the Lord. There's no doubt about it. And the Lord Jesus did not many mighty works in his hometown because of their unbelief. Let me ask you a question this evening. Is our unbelief hindering what God could do in Oxford, England? Is our unbelief hindering what God could do in the United Kingdom? What God can do in North Africa? What God could do all around this world? Hmm. 
Back in Matthew chapter 9, if you look at it again with me, in verse number 27, right before we enter into what our text was, there's a very interesting miracle that the Lord performs. And the Lord's really been using this in my heart and life recently. I just can't get away from it. In verse number 27 of Matthew 9, I think the Lord gives us this, leading into this for a purpose. It says, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto him, Believe ye that I am able to do this. He asked him a question. He said, believe ye that I am able to do this. Folks, when we think about the, the task of world evangelism and reaching the world with the gospel, reaching our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and the uttermost, it is not a question of whether we are able to do this. But is Christ able to do this? And do we believe him? Mm. Believe ye that I'm able to do this. They send them, yea, Lord. And the next verse, it says, then, then touched ye their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. I sincerely believe that one of the greatest hindrances, again, to the words of the Lord in our day and age is our unbelief. Our unbelief. It's easy to, to compare ourselves. May God help us to be involved in his work. And preach the gospel. Our faith is not in ourselves or what we can do or what we can accomplish. It's in the Lord, in the gospel. It's in His work. But not only do we see that the Lord was teaching, He was preaching, but also the final phrase there in verse number 35, He was healing. Healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And yes, I'm thankful the Lord still does miraculous things in helping people physically in our day and age, but I don't believe that's the emphasis the Lord was trying to make here or what he has for us this evening. That healing, he was doing the impossible. He was meeting the needs of people. When we think about the, the work of the Lord that God is doing in this world today, right now, he is still doing the impossible. <laughs> He's still doing the impossible. I'm thankful that when I came here as a student, there was only three churches that existed with the Crown Christian Heritage Trust. And now there's, I believe, what, nine churches? Think of what God has done. He's doing the impossible. He's doing the impossible. Not only do we see that the Lord, the work of the Lord, He's still at work, but also we see the, the vision in the heart of the Lord. The vision in the heart of the Lord. In verse number 36, It says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. When we see people, how do we view them? Do we view them as inconveniences? Do we view them as people that annoy us or get into our path? Do we see people as the Lord sees them? Proverbs 29 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. How is your vision this evening? It says, but when he saw the multitudes, when the Lord saw the multitudes, he was moved on with compassion on them. And I truly believe that if we see people as Christ sees them, it will compel us, it will move us with his compassion. That we won't be satisfied to stay in our seats 
We won't be apathetic any longer, but we can't help but go out and share the gospel. Uh, it's not going to be the pastor coming to us and begging us to be involved in the mission trip, but we will be signing up for it. We can't help but get involved in what God is doing. Oh, but how do we get this vision of the Lord? How do we, how do we see people as he sees them? Well, I believe our vision of the world and our vision of the lost is directly connected to our vision of God. Do we see the Lord for who he is? Hold your finger there and turn with me, if you would, to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1. The word of God says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. The twain he covered his face. The twain he covered his feet. And the twain he did fly. One cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. If you'll skip down to verse number 8, if you would. It says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. When the prophet saw the Lord for who he was, who he is, high and lifted up, he couldn't help but volunteer. So here am I, send me. I wonder, have you, have you heard the voice of the Lord this evening? Have you seen him high and holy and lifted up? Oh, the songwriter says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth will go strangely dim the light of his glory and grace. Well, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 4, uh, 15 says, And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Folks, to be quite frank with you this evening, there's only two ways to live our lives, either for Christ or for ourselves. Every single one of us in this room tonight are living either for Christ or for ourselves. Which is it for you? I'm thankful that the Lord gives us the opportunity to enter into his work. We don't deserve that. We don't deserve the, the privilege to be able to part of his work. I'm thankful he gives us that privilege. The Lord help us. Get our eyes back on him. And the final thing that the Lord brings out here in Matthew chapter 9 as we conclude this evening is we see the command of the Lord. We see the work of the Lord, the heart and the vision of the Lord, but we end with the command of the Lord. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. Hmm. Let me pause there just for a moment. I think one of the greatest lies the devil has convinced us of is that the harvest is no longer plenteous. 
But here, the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to us and reminding us that the harvest truly is plenteous. <laughs> uh, people still are waiting for the light of the gospel in this world. Whether it's in Muslim lands or in this land, all around the world, people are waiting for the light of the gospel. The harvest truly is plenteous. The problem is not with the harvest fields, but rather with the workforce. It says, but the laborers are few. Now, let me just add a parenthesis here, if I may. When the Lord uses the word laborer, it does not equate missionary. <laughs> As Pastor Moreland mentioned a moment ago, many times when this verse is used, it is used in the missionary context. But I'm thankful that the word itself just means someone who's willing to work. That's it. Someone who's willing to work. Are we willing to work for the Lord? You know, I didn't bring it out there in Isaiah chapter 6. But when the, Lord, when the Lord was speaking, he said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? He didn't tell Isaiah exactly what he was going to do. He was just looking for someone. And Isaiah was so captivated with his Lord that he didn't, he didn't mind what it was that he did. He was just happy to serve him. Oh, and may God help us to recognize that any opportunity that the Lord gives us to serve him is a great opportunity. It's a worthy thing. It's the best thing we can do with our life. Oh, sometimes we, we, we look at different people's lives and we have a tendency to say, oh, well, God is greatly using that person. But friend, the, the Lord reminded us that the, the, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the least. <laughs> that, that is to be the servants of Christ. And, and I want to encourage you that God has a plan for every single person that's here. I believe that with all my heart. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you came from or where you've been. But if you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, that He has a plan for you. Oh, He has a plan for you. But are we willing? Are we willing? You know, I believe one of the greatest keys to the Christian life is to surrender, <laughs> to yield to the Lord. Because without that, the Lord can't have his way with us. It's, I was speaking in the, the sword club earlier, and uh, there was, a, there was a, a young girl that was there, and she had a phone, and she let me, I asked her if I could borrow it, and she let me take it, and I said, look, it was that simple. I just asked for the phone, and you gave it over to me. But you could have held on to it. You could have refused to give it up. Yet she willingly offered it up with no strings attached. Folks, that's exactly what the Lord would have us to do with our life. No strings attached. Many times when we come to a meeting like this or in a youth camp or something like that, we, we, we bring to God our written list of things that we'll do for the Lord. So I'll, I'll, I'll participate in this and I'll do this and I'll do this. And, and Lord, you, you'll be, you, I know God will be pleased with that. Or Pastor Moreland will finally get off my back and, and I'll, be, I'll be pleased. Uh, the Lord, and my conscience will be eased. It'll be great. But folks, God is not looking for our list. He's looking for a blank sheet of paper. He's looking for us just simply to lay our life down as a living sacrifice upon the altar and say, God, whatever you'd have me to do, that's what I'll do. Whatever you desire, that's what I'll do. Oh, and the Lord is worthy of our service. He's worthy of our sacrifice. Oh, what a privilege it is to serve him. But it's interesting, the command the Lord gives here in verse 38 is not a command to go in this passage, although we find that later on. But it's first, it's preceded by command to pray. He says, pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, 
that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Tonight, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I would love it if every single person in this room came to North Africa with us. <laughs> I would love it. I really would. And we're praying that God would raise up folks from this place. We are. That God would send forth them out from this place. But I want to remind you is that the Lord must do the work. What, is, what would God have you to do? What's interesting is that, as Pastor mentioned just a moment ago, the Lord is calling. It's not a matter of if he's calling or not. It's are we listening to that call? Have we responded to it? Have we answered it? The Lord commands us, however, to pray that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. There's a difference. Not that he'll call laborers, that he will send forth laborers. The idea here literally is to take something and to cast it out. Like, so, like, a, like a farmer would, would take and, or the sower would take and cast the seed out. And that's what God wants to do in our life. He wants to cast us out. He wants to send us out into the four corners of the earth with a gospel message. We won't take the time to look at it, but in Acts, we understand through the study of the scriptures that the, the New Testament church there in Jerusalem, they, they waited for the coming of the Holy Spirit. But after that, they did not obey the Lord. They did not go out into Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And we find in Acts chapter 8 and verse number 1 that the Lord had to raise up great persecution against the church to scatter them abroad into Judea and Samaria into the uttermost, the Bible says. And because they were being disobedient, the Lord had to cast them out in his own way. I'm not saying that the Lord is going to bring intense persecution upon the United Kingdom, but I am wondering that maybe God's trying to stir us up again to remind us that we have an opportunity. We have a command to go out and to obey the Lord. Oh, what's so amazing about this is that the same disciples that he commands to pray that God would send laborers into his harvest is the same ones he commands to go in the following verses. A command to pray is not a command to stay. God wants us to go with him, to go with him. As we conclude, I'd like to ring, read just a couple verses the Lord brought to mind from an unusual book for this type of message, from the book of Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, we'll conclude here, verse, uh, chapter number 7, verse number 10. Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse number 10. We see a beautiful picture here of the, our Lord, the shepherd, the Shulamite, us, in verse number 10, the Shulamite speaking, he said, I am my beloved's, and his desire is toward me. I want you to see these next couple of verses of the, as the Lord helps us to see them applying to the harvest field. Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine flourish, whether the tender grape appear and the pomegranate spread forth. There will I give thee my loves. <laughs> the greatest way that we can prove and demonstrate our love to the Lord, I believe, is as we obey him in this matter of sharing the gospel around the world. The Lord wants to go with us. You say, well, I, I'm, I'm afraid. I, I can't do it in my own strength. <laughs> You're right. I am too. <laughs> but we can with the Lord's strength. We can with the Lord. We can go with him. So this evening... May the Lord help us to get our eyes back on who He is, 
the Lord of the harvest. And again, pray the Lord would make us the laborers he desires to be. The Lord bless the preaching of this book. Heavenly, thank you so much again for the time to be able to be in thy house and to be with thy people. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to preach your word. Lord, we just humbly pray that you would, Lord, that you would do what only you can do this evening. Lord, that you would stir the hearts of your people. Lord, that you would send forth more laborers into your harvest. Lord, again, I'm humbled and reminded that this is not a work that a man can do. I'm thankful it is a work that you can do. So, Lord, I pray that would you stir us afresh anew. I pray that even in our midst this evening that you would send forth more laborers or that you would help us to renew our obedience today in this area. Lord, open our eyes to gospel opportunities every day as we meet people all around us that need the gospel. Would you help us, Father, to serve them? We'd be careful to thank you and to praise you. May you see these things in our hearts. For in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.